Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. Heavy on the other related topics today. That is true, Alex. Yes, in fact, specifically not tree topics. <laughs> I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and of course... I am another host. I'm Casey Clapp, sitting here in the studio. It's a beautiful day, Alex. It is nice outside. It's not too cold, but mm-hmm. it's cold enough where it feels brisk. Yes, exactly. Which yeah. is, you know, it's one of my favorite things. And also, uh, this morning, I was up at 7, and mm. it was v- like fully day. Like, it wasn't becoming day. Right. So the days are getting longer. Wow. The other day, I was uh, out till 6. And six uh, was still a little light enough that you're like, it's light outside, nice. Wow. Time is timing. It's doing its thing. It sure is. I'm excited for that summer 10 p.m. walking Uh, around and it's still like sunset. So great. Exactly God, I love it. Um, Hey, Case. Alex, today it's a little bit different. We're taking a step back for real fast. Yes. We uh, just wrapped up our succession series last week. So good. It went, I thought, I think it went really well. Did you guys all see that photo shoot we did? (laughs) This is crazy. This will make the 10th time we Uh. mention it. (laughs) Oh, it's because it was the first time we've done anything like that. Yeah. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Taylor Pendleton helped us out there. Crushed it. And now that we've done it, I feel more confident to do more. We've got we got one on the books. We do. So if anyone wants to come take our, our picture, let us know. <laughs> sure. Let us see your portfolio first, though. <laughs> um, so we just wrapped our succession series, and we were going to put out an episode this week, and we thought, hey, let's take a breath. We do. We got to take a breath. We also are, we're gearing up for other things, and so we're, we, yeah. we have this episode ready, but we said, hold on, let's 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 polish this a little bit. Yes. And uh, so we decided to you know, take a breath and let you into a sneak preview of what our Patreon is, uh, is all about. We do this every now and then. It's not quite new, but everything is new that we give out. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's new to you if you're not a part of the Patreon. Precisely. Um, this is an episode that came out with Treason's Eatings. Yes, this was last year, I believe. Well, yes, but only, but also only a few months ago. Case. Exactly. It is now the third month. Yes, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. A yeah. few. Wild. It's finally a few. We finally made it to month a few. <laughs> 
And uh, this is an episode, we've done a couple of them, but it is, uh, th- we, we talked about on the mainline episodes for December, we talked about trees that give us food yep. that we love to eat around the holidays. This is an episode about three non-tree plants yeah. that give us food that we love to eat around the holidays that exactly. we just wanted to talk about, but they didn't fit with our mainline canon. Yeah. So we stuffed three of them. As, as you would a turkey <laughs> into <laughs> one right episode. Into Imagine like, a, like stuffed in a turkey, stuffed inside of a stocking. Hell That's yeah. That's what it is. It's a turstocking. I love this idea. Okay, it's delicious, although a little bit uh, felty. Yes. Well, the, the stocking is also deep fried. Yes, exactly. I mean, obviously. And then yeah. wrapped in a pepperoni pizza. It's delicious. <laughs> That's right, Alex. Today, we are talking about three non-food things. That is the vanilla. Mm-hmm. That is the cranberries. Yes. And... Peppermint, Casey. Yes, that is right. And peppermint. So, one herb, one flower. Yep. And one berry. And one berry. How about that? Yeah. They all, they're all plants of some regard. They're all quite interesting. Um, so, we hope you guys enjoy it today. Yes. And next week, we will be back with another episode. It's going to be a banger. I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. <laughs> I think so, too. I think it's a good first episode like if you were ever listening to complete laboratory for the first time Uh, it would be a good episode to start on yeah i think so so remember this for the future please stick around yes uh hey everybody enjoy the episode and we will see you next week with more completely arbitrary Uh, bye-bye i'll see you later As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Yeah, let's do it. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to the Completely Arboretum 2023. Welcome to the new year. Yes, I am Alex Croson. I'm Casey Clapp. I'm talking to you from my brand new Sapphire Dynamic microphone. (laughs) Sapphire. Standard Dynamic Microphone Model 1 SD1 Universal Audio. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, Casey's on a new Universal Audio SD1. I hope it sounds like you guys can hear me now from like within your voice or your your brain. Yeah. Something like that. So it's like I'm, I'm coming from the ether, but also from within you. Wow. Anyway, that's what I hope you get. I don't from this love that. <laughs> There's a. I'm coming from within you. <laughs> yeah, I guess I right. don't. Sorry. Why? Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> There's a, a funny um, uh, photo that I saw from a friend of mine, hmm. and it's a. It was a a person 
who was covered in noodles. Like okay. he was like on his hands and knees. And I mean like, like noodles covered him. Like they had big long noodles and they just like, like it was, uh, like he was draped like, like a, a sheep like, dog, yeah, like a sheep dog. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, he, said underneath it and he was just looking at the camera and then underneath it the caption said we are the universe experiencing itself <laughs> oh my favorite thing uh, about casey clapp in 2023 <laughs> is the fact that you are spending a little maybe a little more time on instagram and stuff yeah yeah and <laughs> without uh, posting a single fucking thing no you're just you're just consuming memes and stuff yeah it's the worst and it's i mean for me it's quite entertaining i love listening to you describe memes uh, all right maybe we'll just do that for an entire episode just like my favorite memes that i think I, that would I be found. great honestly you well, want to you want to you want to get that mic this will be like the on the yeah. hanging chad yeah you want to be a little bit closer than you currently dang are. it i know hi if we were in like a studio casey that would be fine, but since we're in my, uh, you know, studio apartment right next to Sandy <laughs> Boulevard, yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, nice one. Thank Casey you. just closed the window. Case, Alex, it's 2023, the year yeah, of our Lord. Exactly. Uh, we are here for our first Arboretum episode of the year. It's true. We've reflected plenty. We've talked about our goals and ideals for 2023 plenty. I'm yeah. done with that. I'm ready to hit the road, Jen. Yeah, I also am. Wonderful. And I think the 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 we have a great episode. <laughs> I feel like a I feel like a, a, a morning show host now. Oh, we have a great yeah. episode planned for you today, so stay tuned. Today and then, like slowly, you you turn up the volume, and it's uh, it's Tom hitting the heartbreakers. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We're gonna we're gonna play out to some <laughs> YouTube. What is the Bill O'Reilly thing? He's like, oh, I have sting. no idea. Yeah, <laughs> take probably. it away. Take it away, Sting. Do it live. Anyway. Uh, we've got a great episode today. We do. Uh, this is an episode I think I love doing these episodes, yeah. and we've only done one before. Maybe I think we'll try to do some more because. It happens to be that there's a lot of stuff that I would love to cover, but we can all the time. It's an arbitrary New Year's uh, tradition, officially, exactly. I think. I think you're right. I think that's true. Well, if you the do something twice in a row, it's a tradition. Yeah, we did the last time. It wasn't the New Year. It was just before the New Year. I think it was in December. Ah, I'm fudging the numbers. That's fair. Honestly, the New Year, I think, is the is the solstice anyway. Oh, okay. I don't think it is the the end of the 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 12-month rotation, personally. You hippie. Yeah, that's right, baby. That's Calendars right. aren't really my vibe. Calendars man. aren't like what I do. So no, I agree with you. Um, so last year, right after our food themed uh, uh, season, yes, um, no pun intended, <laughs> you seasoned food. Oh, I see. Uh, we did. <laughs> we did an episode about three non-tree foods. Yeah, that you might think grow on trees, but they don't. They don't. We did grapes, hops. And something else. And the last thing we did, Alex, was... Now, I can't remember. I We did this at the trivia just the other night. It was grapes, it was hops, and... Oh, my gosh. People are screaming. Thing. Oh, my God. What was that? You look it up for yourself if you oh, really want to know. Oh, jeez. All right. But this year, we're doing the same thing. We're yes. doing an episode on three non-tree food trees. It, it was coffee. Food. Thank you, Casey. You're welcome. Um, so this, this year we've decided to cover vanilla. Yes. Yum, yum. Peppermint. Ah. Yum, yum. And 
cranberries. cranberries. We almost forgot the third one again. Well, honestly, you did them out of order than I what I have here. So I was like, oh, which one did you already say? Like, and I had to like go back through. Missing. Yeah. Anyway, we are on top of it this year. That's right. As you can clearly tell. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking about those three non-tree foods. Exactly. And so the last time uh, this, uh, what, the whole last month, we did a series. We did Treason's Eatings. That's right. And it was all about somewhat seasonal foods that you'd have during this time of year. Yeah. The quince you would eat because it generally gets ripe during the fall, and then you would make it into something for the the coming holidays. Um, Let's see. We also did the the orange, Mm -hmm. the mandarin orange, and generally oranges. uh, As the temperatures get cool, that's when they change color, and that's when you get the the real intense ripeness of them. Yeah. So we wanted to then transition and do something that would also be uh, somewhat uh, this year holiday-ish related. Yeah. Um, And because we already did uh, anything that would be related to champagne, uh, we decided we're going to go on the uh, sweet section and, and instead aim, what does it take to make a a peppermint bark pretzel and mm. we decided to use those with the addition of cranberries for garnish <laughs> garnish of cran- raw cranberries yeah uh, so what, which, what should we start with here, Casey? Let's, I, Honestly, I, yeah. I ask a question, but I, I know what I want to do. Okay, I think that we should start from the ground up and do wow. peppermint. Let's do it. All right. Well, Alex, you're familiar with peppermint, yes? Yes. Well, it turns out uh, most people are. Uh, where do you find it? Like, you, you get it in, like, um, you can be get peppermint-flavored lattes and things. Sure. You can get it in your uh, toothpaste. Yeah, I, I was going to say this. It, it kind of holds, I think it has three kingdoms. Yeah, okay. What do we One got? is dessert. Yeah. One is... Uh, cleaning products, and I'm including human cleaning products like mm, toothpaste and yeah, soaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and bath salts and stuff. Yeah. And then the third is cocktails. People love to put peppermint in cocktails. Yeah, muddled peppermint. Like drinks know? and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Dr- I'll say drinks. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, is like you would have mint, but mint is not necessarily spearmint okay. or peppermint. This is something I've always wondered about because gum flavors. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. which I guess I'm including in like human health care. Yeah. Now I know uh, that, that we haven't talked about this with a lot of people, mm-hmm. but uh, we are going to talk about gum specifically, in which case we're at le- that point in time going to talk about our flavors of gum. Um, but I just want to let everyone know gum. It's not what you think. Oh God. I remember yeah. you telling me this. So gum flavors in terms of mint. <laughs> yeah. You have spearmint. Yeah. You have peppermint. Yeah. And then you have like winter mint or something. Yeah, which is kind of like, is that real? Yeah. Or do they just like, you know, take something and mash it together? They certainly package them as different things. Yeah. And I don't like, I totally don't know. I don't have any idea and I don't really believe in it. But I know that there are different mintiness things that you can smell. Yeah. And it has just slightly different like flavors. Like, um, for instance, I think in the genus, there's like about 65 species. And this is in the genus Mentha. Mm. Now, Mentha has uh, the water mint, corn mint, Australian mint, Canada mint, hearts, Pennyroyal, New Zealand mint. So they all have like these these different names, you know. Okay. But those those the amounts of mintiness could change per each one. And then if you combine those, you can also get a little bit different flavor. 
Oh, so they're taking multiple mints and creating new mints. Potentially. I don't know because it's all behind this like back door of yeah. artificial flavor and what can we market? Like, can we take the same three basic ingredients, mix them around three different ways and sell them as three different things? It's all the FDA. I, oh, totally. I'm sure it's the FDA. It's the ADA. It's the... Oh, wait. Which one's the food uh, agriculture? Is uh, that FDA? Yeah. Yeah. Food and Drug Administration. Okay. Uh, yeah, then there's yeah. the... Uh, Department of Agriculture. The DA's uh, office. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was thinking, I said ADA, that's the American Dental Association. So, you know, we, we're, we're, ADHD. We're, we're trying to hit them all. Alex, do you know anyone who's been recently diagnosed? Can I share the news? Yes. Hi, everybody. I was recently diagnosed with ADHD. Oh, man. It's, Alex. It's a big get for me, yeah, I we're, think. We're really happy to hear that. <laughs> Again. I told, I told my dad, and he was like, why is that good? I was like, oh, man. It's not good that I have ADHD. It's it's good that I got a diagnosis. <laughs> it's nice you to have someone like fucking give you a uh, give you a yes, yeah, an official stamp. Yes, you know? yes. It does help you. Um, it, there's what the uh you give something a name and it becomes real. Yeah, you know something like that. If you can mention it, you can manage it. Yes, there you go. Oh my gosh, that's it. Uh, there is a. Uh, uh, a lyric in one of my uh, band that I listen to mm. uh, and he's saying it somewhat sardonically which is the style of lyric he sings in Okay, um, and he says like I know my shame and now that I know its name like I can know my shame wow, and I can repeat yeah. it like that And but he's saying it in a way that's like fuck you it's very to the shame. intense. Not to the not to the shame. Sort of like looking at you and someone saying, "Oh my gosh, you gotta like help yourself." And so he's like, oh. "Okay, my shame. I have shame. I get it. Thank you." And I see. So he's like, "Yeah, okay. Now that I've said it out loud, I totally understand it." it it's really interesting. It's intense. I feel like that's a recovery thing. It's, oh yeah, it probably um, is. Like the rescue refer refuge or something. Oh, I don't know about that. It's like a it's like a more like Buddhist based uh, mm. AA. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll have to we'll discuss that sometime. I would be happy to discuss yeah, it with you, I would be Casey. very curious. <laughs> I've never I've never gone to a meeting, but I'm interested. Mm, yeah, I'm also yeah. two and a half years sober. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you necessarily need to go to a meeting. Maybe it'd be easier to help someone uh, help someone else. But yeah, you seem to have, have really, oh, well, really moved your life forward. Addiction is so much more than just the thing. Yeah, for there, sure. There's yeah. a lot of... There's, we don't have to get into it. Wow, we're talking about mint right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We're supposed to be anyway. Well, as it happens, Alex, there's uh, there's a lot of different mints. There's a lot of different ways. And if you just name them differently, they become different things. Okay. So if you are a marketer versus a botanist, you're going to name things way differently. I see. So a botanist will say that's all the same thing. Right. It's all mentha this, mentha that. So a botanist might say winter mint. Uh, what is that? And a gum manufacturer of like a flavor analyst yeah. would be like, oh, it's actually a combination of these two exciting new mint flavors. And yeah, that's that's exactly right. So okay. like, uh, for instance, spearmint, known as garden mint, is mentha spicata. Okay. Now that is the mint that I'm most familiar with. Yeah. So even when we said spearmint or peppermint or whatever, this is the one that I thought of. Garden mint. Yes. So I this like is name. this is the one that you it's from native to Eurasia and kind of the European sort of middle of everything where a lot of the flavors that we Americans are really familiar with, at least those who came from more of the European colonization factor. 
Okay. Whereas if you are um, obviously an American with heritage from any other place than Europe, you're going to have way different other flavors. But it's, you know, there is that kind of dominant uh, kind of European flavor profile. Yeah. And that mint comes from that in terms of how we use it in our drinks and things mm, like that. Okay. So this is a species. Right. Well, I, I just want to oh, interject go. here to say that makes sense to me because I, I feel like in like the like India yeah and like um middle eastern cuisine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mint is is more of like an, a savory dish yeah. addition they use it in a completely different way yeah and and what in western i guess the western ideation ideation it- iteration Sure. Yeah, let's do that. Is more dessert-based and sweet things. Yeah, which is really interesting. Now, wow, so okay. this, in fact, grows, this species, all the way over to China. But the question kind of that comes to my mind is, is it really from there, or do we know 100%? Because it is so invasive, it blows my mind. Really? Yeah. Not invasive like English ivy or kudzu or some, you know, a tree of heaven kind of thing, uh-huh. but invasive... In the way of if you plant it, it will continue to grow out from there and it will be so impossible to take over. It grows by little rhizomes, little root nodules that grow out underground and then grow up into a new stem. Oh, so maybe plant it in like a lifted box. Exactly, like a pot. Oh, wow. But if you do, if you you plant it up in a pot and you have it growing there, um, pollinators, bees will come over and just love the heck out of it. But then the seeds can sometimes grow and it can (gasps) pop up over there and pop up over there. But it's main for form of conveyance is those little those little rhizomorphs coming up i'm honestly there's a bunch of different names for these kinds of things rhizomorph is a term for a fungus that i know really well and then rhizo means root morph means like a growth or like a habit so it's kind of like there's rhizome would be a perfectly good term but there's also like another term if it's a stem tissue that grows over not root tissue that grows mm-hmm. over but i can't remember those terms i i didn't look them up too closely i think you've stumbled upon a great new young adult novel series here the rhizomorphs, rhizomorphs. oh my god about they... kids who turn into mushrooms that would be so cool <laughs> alex oh my god could you imagine that that'd be great instead of them turning into like dinosaurs and turtles and well, things well anamorphs yeah that's the... exactly what i'm thinking yeah. of. oh my god they turn into plants yes and then they have the plant superpower but they, it might be boring because they just have to sit there. No, no, no. That's they the walk thing. Around? If they have superpower, yeah, they'll be like ants. Okay. That's what I think. Great. They're like ants of all different shape, sizes, and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I love this. Like a, like a, a fly agaric ant. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Hold on. Let me look. And then like touches into the network and is like, they're over there. I can see them. You know? Like, yes. That would be sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can, it, it'd be like a green seer who can then see all the yes. trees from the past and the future and That's everything. right. Ooh. In its family or in its yeah, genus. Exactly. Yeah. Or in its network, I guess, connected. Oh, sure. Ooh, Alex, I love your ideas. Somebody call our trademark lawyer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway so here's the here's the quick thing uh you identify this plant it's in the laminaceae family which is the mint family it has yeah. square stems and it has 
oppositely arranged leaves as it's growing up that are really, really like textured. Like they almost look like they are a wrinkly leathery, but they're not leathery at all. They're very, they're very, uh, they're like semi-deciduous. Sometimes they kind of sit there and then they just kind of like die and look really awful. Yeah. I love the texture of a mint leaf. Yeah. Aren't they? It's so lovely. It's plush and and like terrible. It's very uh, satisfying. Oh, I see. Terrible as in you may tear it. Yeah. Yeah. Easy to tear. Exactly. And then when you do tear it and you rough it up a little bit and you give it a scent, you're like, oh my God. One of my favorite, if if I ever go on a walk, I go on walks. He does. He does. (laughs) Anytime I pass pass any sort of herb plant, I grab a a couple and I rub them between my hands like that and I'm like... <sighs> like superstar, you know. Uh, it's so good. It's it's delicious. It's my favorite. So I mean, I'll come home with like rosemary and lavender smelling yeah, hands. Honestly, it's the best thing about where we live is that you you can do that because we can grow these things because we are in that Mediterranean climate. Yeah. Well, this is a plant that you could do that with any day of the week. You mm-hmm. could walk over, you could move your hands on it, and you can get that scent. It is a delightful little plant for its uses alex because you can take it you if you've ever been at a bar and you've got a uh, mint julep or something like this this is the plant that they're picking and modeling and, sure. and turning into a drink yeah so it's great i though don't think it's that great what perspective are you speaking from here uh my perspective is botany flavor Ooh, more garden management i hate how invasive it is okay sure and every time someone gets excited they're like oh my gosh man i'm gonna plant in my garden i'm just like stop don't you're gonna regret it it's like i'm almost like this uh um uh, who is it in, I guess in game of Thrones, there's like some, some weird mage woman who, or Maji who like talks oh. to Daenerys and is like, you'll never have a baby or something yeah. like that. She just always remembers that. Yeah. And then there's, there's is, other, is she the one that brings Drogo back to life? No, no, this is, different woman. this is a different woman way before that. Okay. There's also, there's just like all these like, uh, prophecyers that are all yeah. throughout, you know, kind of mythology and fantasy and kind That's of things. you with mint. Exactly. <laughs> where everyone, where like, someone's like, oh, I'm going to plant this. And then <clears throat> I just like reach over and I'm like, don't do it. You're going to regret it. And then I swear to God, if they stay in that house five years later, yeah. their entire yard is mint. Wow. I hate that. I mean, like, is that such a bad thing? Uh, yeah. I guess it doesn't, it makes, it makes it hard to plant other things maybe. But like, if I had plentiful mint, maybe this is sort of like too much of a good thing. Yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, I always, I think about this with people who are planting apples or any other orchard kind mm. of thing. Like, oh, I'm going to have apples to eat. And I'm like, you're going to do that one time. Yeah. Then you're going to forget about it for five years and go like, oh my God, I have so many apples. Big stinky mess. Exactly. Big stinky messes and a mess that you can't get rid of easily. Yeah. That's the problem is that once it's little nodules are growing out there, Ooh. you can't get rid of them. I guess that is, yeah, that does seem scary. Yeah. And then of course, mint, it has this whole thing because that helps, it helps keep it safe from other things eating it. So the mint itself, just like anything else in the plant world, mm-hmm. the plant developed because it was somehow helpful for it to survive. So it probably does a good job of keeping other things away from it, you know? It's I, invasiveness. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it will it will try to uh, the mint, just like in um, eucalyptus, is the thing that's protecting the plant. So oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. it'll actively do something to not necessarily have itself in balance with the rest of the ecosystem because the rest of the ecosystem has not necessarily uh, developed around 
keeping that thing in check. They haven't developed the taste for it, so to speak. Sure. The way humans have. So I guess we have the taste, so we might be able to actually keep it in check by just constantly killing it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Two different opinions there. <laughs> yeah, that's that is that's very true. Oh, yeah. All right, what do you think, Alex? Should we give this a quick review? Oh, sure. Right, uh, let's, do let's let's do it. Let's do our our last golden poems of honor of the season. How about let's that? Let's do it. Um, zero to ten. What do you think, Case? I think zero to ten. I'm gonna give Mint easily a five. Are you saying Mint? Mint, yes. Mint and Mint. I've said both. I think. I think you just said Mint. Oh yeah. Okay. Mint. What is Mint? Mint. That's the family. Yeah. 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 Mint. Yeah. Sorry. I okay. think I've been doing it by but accident. You're shortening Mint. it to Mint. Mint. I think I'm just mashing them together. <laughs> I noticed I was Mint. doing it and I wasn't upset about it, so I just stuck with it. Sorry. That's okay. I, That's I was totally recently right. diagnosed with ADHD, so That's I kind fair. of recognize. So you recognize it. You're just like, <gasps> what is he saying? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, it's so, a joke. Anytime I, I'm, I just want to, I'm not want to, I'm making, f- I'm, 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 I'm satirizing the people who use oh, that yeah, as I, a thing. Oh, yeah, I know. That's why I was quiet. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I just anyway, want everybody else to know that. We should call this garden mint or spearmint. Oh, I like garden mint. Okay, spearmint is just, it's just spear, spearmint. S-P-E-A-R mint. What is the uh? That's a great question. Spearmint. Spearmint. It's like, it's like saying Are a whole. Are you just adding that? Uh. No, everyone does. Everyone says spearmint, but it is spearmint. actually written spear mint, spearmint. I don't know that people always say spearmint. You don't think so? This is weird. Spearmint. Yeah, it's like the, <laughs> what the nuclear and the nuclear or right, whatever that right. is. I also think it's it's like uh, saying a whole a a whole another world. Right. So I, I think that no one realizes how they're saying it yeah. versus how it actually is. Yeah. Anyway, especially. I exactly. Oh my God. Espresso. <laughs> I give it a five because five. it's, it's fine. I don't use it in that many things. Like yeah. I don't, I don't mix uh fancy drinks. So I don't use like, like it there. I'm sure if I made more, um, if I was better at making more delicious food, I would add it in as a savory kind of addition to different mm-hmm. things. That would be my preferred means of using it from a tiny little pot that it will never escape from. Yeah. Because as a child, I remember trying to dig it out of a certain space in my mom's yard for so long. I gave up. I see. It just kept popping up. It kept popping up. Now I think my grandpa mows it, so. Oh. (laughs) Got it. That's got to make the lawn <laughs> smell really good. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. Uh, I okay. So five Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna give mint or mint or garden mint a seven point five. I like it a little more a than 7. you. Seven point five. Yeah. That's three quarters of the way I, I, to a perfect score. I have almost no problem with its uh, invasiveness. Wow, stunning. Um, unless it makes other plants taste weird. Like okay. sometimes if you if you grow basil next to marigold, yeah, it'll make the basil. S- tastes like soap this is a real thing i did not know that so you want to keep these things separate keep them separate garden segregation if you will (laughs) all right (laughs) who is that uh that is um chumbawamba all right casey i'm pretty sure that's the name of the band (laughs) isn't it is that chumbawamba i think it's chumbawamba we'll look it up later all right um next next let's do vanilla let's do vanilla next alex i want you to tell me what you know about uh about vanilla well 
I'll tell you the, what I thought I knew about Vanilla before you proposed this episode. It's I by learned the Offspring. The Offspring. That's Dang it, man! If I was, if I got that right, <laughs> Chumbawamba is. Uh, I get knocked down. Oh yeah. Okay. Honestly, I would have also thought have some. That's the Offspring. But yeah, you're right. Okay. I, I think I've now <laughs> learned that I mashed those two bands together. Uh, here's what I know about Vanilla. <laughs> All right. I, it's a. It's like a pod. Uh huh. And in order to. In order to use it, I think you age it mm. or like preserve it in some way. Okay. And then when you want to use real vanilla bean, well, let's call it, they call it vanilla bean. Yes. You slice it open lengthways mm-hmm. and you use the back of a spoon or whatever to scrape out the little seeds. Ah. Or maybe they're little beans. Mm. And uh, you put that in fresh things. I think most vanilla that you and I consume is probably from vanilla extract. Yes, which... Or I, artificial vanilla. It, yeah, it's not artificial. I specifically do not get vanilla or artificial vanilla yeah. quote, extract. The artificial vanilla is terrible. It's just not good. Yeah. The, 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 the difference between artificial vanilla and real vanilla is so startlingly there. Oh, you know? yeah. Like some stuff you can kind of, you can kind of fake, I think, but like... Real vanilla is just so far above and beyond. It's so much better. Yeah. And like, I I love vanilla. Like, I think of all the flavors in the world is my favorite flavor. Mm. Like, I just can't get enough of it. More more so than maple? I know you're a maple boy. I think I think maybe. You're a maple yeah. man and a vanilla chap. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> vanilla chap. I think, I think to make vanilla extract, you soak vanilla bean in alcohol some sort of alcohol yes exactly yeah and uh, you kind and of <laughs> suck it out yeah it's almost like making a tincture yeah yeah and then you use that in, in things quite sparingly because it's strong stuff yes it is and you can't um historically so it's it's like it's it's in alcohol which is why whenever as a kid whenever you'd put vanilla into a uh like cookies or something like yeah. that and you'd always be like oh i really want to try it and your mom is always like mm, don't do it it's You'll gonna taste drunk. horrible <laughs> you're, you're gonna get drunk and then you like take a little sip of it and you're yeah. like oh my god like it's so horrible yeah yeah like, it is it tastes like a tincture to me like 80 proof vodka sucked all the delicious <laughs> flavor out of a vanilla bean and you probably don't want to eat it raw like you want to cook your vanilla extract you know? yeah probably but it's like, something that you bake so that the about the alcohol evaporates exactly the alcohol evaporates and the flavor of the whole thing is now kind of uh within the the, the food or whatever it is you're cooking that's right it's so good actually. i will say the the vanilla plant i don't know much about but i do know as of today that it is actually from an orchid yes indeed <laughs> Well, tell me more about the vanilla. So vanilla is a fantastic thing. So it is, the vanilla is actually the scientific name of it. So it is, vanilla is the genus. And there's a couple different species that we are used or that we use for the, for the food. Specifically, I'm trying to look through here because I have like seven different things opened up looking you're, at this. You're a little close on that mic, Casey. Oh, I think shoot. You're, you're, uh, your muscle memory is yeah. kicking in. It's very good of me, right? Gotta work I'm that saying? out of you. Thank you. Now beat it out of you. Sorry, I'm sorry. This uh, is officially audio boot camp. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm ready. The, uh, so there's there's a couple different species um, that we actually use for the actual making of vanilla. Okay. But the funny thing is, most of them, uh, there's like three main ones 
that come from initially one plant apparently in Mesoamerica in mm. like uh, Mexico and Belize. Now the thing is, I'm not sure because uh, it says they come from one species but now they're three different species so we must have bred them to the point where they're like they don't interbreed or they're so different that they're different species um but there's vanilla tahitiensis there's Ooh. vanilla pimpana and there is vanilla fragrance or what is also now known as vanilla planifolia tahitensis tahitensis isn't that great wow tahitensis so all of these vanillas are a they're, they're all grown from the tropics and they're all from this orchid. And funny enough, you have probably seen a vanilla orchid. There's like four species native to Florida. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of species of this uh, in the genus vanilla that grows all throughout the tropical regions of the world. I note that when I, when I see this name, Tahitensis. Yeah. It has a little X, which means that it's a variety. Uh, it's or, a, 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 a hybrid. Fuck, I knew that. Yeah, you got it right. They're, you're good enough. Uh, what is the other word I'm looking for? Oh, don't tell me. Okay. A hybrid, and then there's a cultivar. Yes. Same thing? Hey, well done. Uh, no, a hybrid is when you take two individual species and you crossbreed them. Okay. Then you get a third uh, hybrid between those two species. Okay. And a cultivar is when you take one species, but you grow it and breed it specifically to have very specific traits. Got it. So there's like 110 actual species of vanilla orchids wow. in the world, but only a few of them are used to actually make the delicious things that we eat. Okay. But botanically speaking, they're all the, the they're all the same kind I of thing. I feel like that's common with a lot of foods. Like, yeah, you know, there's 50 mangoes. We eat two of them. Yeah, exactly. Pe- uh, pecans the same way yeah. where they're technically just a hickory. We just eat that species of hickory. Right. All the other ones we don't really eat quite as much. Yeah. Okay. So fig, I think is the same way. Um, oh yeah. hundred percent. What? 750 species of fig. Shit. Yeah. But we only eat a, f- a small few and then the rest are eaten by, you know, a billion other things in this world. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, the vanilla, though, is it's a flowering plant, obviously. It's in the genus, uh, the orchid genus, which is, I'm sorry, it's in the orchid family, Orchidaceae, which is in the order Asparagales, which is a monocot. It is a grass wow. species. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Most orchids are, or I guess all orchids are. And did you know that orchids are the most numerous of all plants? Are you for real? Yeah, that is that is a fact. I, oh, I was I was about to say even more so than grass, but it is a grass. <laughs> it, well, it's it's in the it's a monocot, so grass is in the family Poaceae. Okay, you're uh, using grass as sort of like an it, adjective. Exactly. It's it's more the it's the derogative term for monocots. Sure. Like everyone be like, oh, a palm tree is just grass. Like calling a shrub a bush. Yeah, exactly. It's just a mean way to do it. So I was being a little flippant. I'm sorry. So rude. It is, uh, there are in orchids, in the orchid uh, family, 2,800 different genuses, I'm sorry, species distributed in 763 genre. In the orchid family? Yeah. Whoa, 2,800? 2,800. Species of orchid. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
28,000, Alex. Did I say that wrong? <laughs> well, that's a big difference. Yeah, it's a difference. It's a factor of 10. 28,000 species. Holy shit. 28,000. In, this, in, the, in the orchid family. Yes. Um, among 700 so uh, genome. 768 species. I'm sorry, 63 genre. Wow. A lot of numbers here. Apologies. Let's do one clean one. There are 28,000 species in the orchid family, and those are spread across 763 genre. So those aren't necessarily all, quote, orchids. Yes. In the way that we think of an orchid flower. Precisely. Okay. Exactly. So, but that's kind of the weird thing about orchids. Um, so if you say, if you take grass, for instance, mm-hmm. it's in the Poaceae family. Okay. Um, that includes everything from bamboo to the grass that's in your lawn to grain that's growing for wheat and things like that. And ravens, weirdly enough. Uh, and weirdly enough. It's, yeah, who knew that trees are, or birds are grass. So there is. Did that? Did that land? <laughs> I think it did, but the I. The Poaceae family. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't, Alex. It didn't land at all. I, I thought you were just saying uh, some random other plant or animal that just we were gonna throw in there because why the hell not? Never random, Casey. Never random. I should have known, Alex. You always are two steps deeper than I could ever be. <laughs> Damn it. Or it's just so dumb that nobody would ever pick up on it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trust me. There are so many people who specifically shake their heads because I just completely miss these things. <laughs> I'm like, Casey, you need, to, you need to get a clue, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of them. Oh, God. No, well, you're... Yes. It's endearing. Thank you. Um, well, as I was saying, it is... It, there are... There's not really a, a true orchid where you can say there's a true fur things that are in the genus abies are true furs yeah there are there are a bunch of different kinds of orchids each one are is its own genus and its own species kind of most of the time there are certain that you know that there's this genre this species there's this genus has all of these species. Then there's this genus that has a, a few species there's this genus that has a thousand species we would call all of those orchids okay because some grow just a little bit differently and it's really complex there's so many of them but there's no true orchidaceae family yeah well there there is yeah that's that's what it is orchidaceae is the family but then underneath them there's so many different kinds of orchids where I guess I meant genus. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hundred percent. There's no real genus. They're they're all they're all the same thing, but they're just just slightly different. But you you can look at an orchid and say, oh yeah, that looks like an orchid. Sure. But it's not. Uh, it's there's not like there is obviously there's some type species. There's some very first orchid that they say this is what an orchid looks like. Yeah. If it doesn't look like this, it is not an orchid. If it does look like this, it is an orchid. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's similar to grass where there's so many different kinds of grass. They all look like grass. They all have these same traits and properties. And But when you look at them, they grow just a little bit differently in very specific ways that make them not the same genus. You have to separate them out. You got to keep it separated. You got to keep it separated. My favorite Chumbawamba song. Mine, mine too. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a little bit complicated, but... Basically, if you see something and it looks like an orchid, it's probably an orchid. Okay. Here's another fun thing about orchids. Mm. All those little seeds that you talked about that you'd have to scrape out. Yeah. Um, the seeds of orchids are so 
microscopic. Yeah, they're really small. That you, it's almost like they're literally dust. Like they're the size of pour, or spores. Yeah. Which I, I kind of like, I kind of knew, wow. like I read that they're like, yeah, there's tiny little seeds. And then when I read uh, some more info on an orchid, a completely different species, I think it was probably the bog orchid, which mm-hmm. is a native um, to the Pacific Northwest. And I was reading through and they're like, yeah, this could have literally 10,000 seeds in it. And I'm like, wait, what? <sighs> That's incredible. And it turns out that, so a normal seed is, as we've noted, a it's a lunch packed with a germ so the little germ is like the the embryo and then that has this lunch that it eats and then it becomes this new little plant yeah orchids essentially don't do any of the lunch packing they just say good luck and they send out their dust they're so small that they're like spores where they just kind of float on the air it's just a numbers game it's like some of these are gonna grow go and you know how they grow alex do they do they can i guess please yeah um do they grow in the same way that like a mushroom grows? Yes. Perfect. In fact, they will only grow all but the, f- the most fewest species. Mm-hmm. They will grow by actually needing to form a mycorrhizal connection with a fungus. Wow. In order to grow. You hit that spot on. Wow. Yeah. So there's a there's a few in there. We don't have time to dive into the rest of the, the thing that is orchids. Man. But yeah, they almost always need to find a fungal associate to grow with or else they just don't grow. Good for them. Yeah. So that's sort of in lieu of the packed lunch. Yeah, exactly. They go find something to connect into to feed them lunch. It's a little neat. It is. Oh my God. There's even species. Codependent. There's species that don't even have um, uh, uh, chlorophyll. They don't even grow their own food. They just suck it straight from the fungus. Isn't that so orchid? It's so orchid. You're just like you guys. Oh my God. You're so beautiful. But then you realize you are just a a a leech on the side of some whale. Wow. Yeah. Like some billionaires. Son, uh, yeah, it's they're trust fund babies of plants, <laughs> is what they are. But you know what? Um, they they just make these, they make the connections. So it's not like the fungus is like, yeah, I'll give you this. Come on over, you know, you, I gotcha. Right. It's more like it it just happens naturally, and they just end up saying like, yeah. So I'm just gonna thank you. But they also make vanilla beans, and yeah, I can't oh, hate them for that. Oh case. my god, I know. So here's here's the thing with the vanilla bean. It is an orchid that you've probably seen growing a million different places. If you go to any botanical garden where Mm. there's like a tropical section, orchids are very likely, or they have some orchid species of vanilla orchid specifically that's growing up because they actually grow as a big long vine. Okay. And they curl up around whatever they are holding on to and they put out alternately arranged leaves. So once you get a big enough one and it's like the right size, it's very uniform. You just have like leaf, 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 Mm. leaf as it's spiraling around. But then every four inches, it puts out a new leaf. So you have this perfect, like, spiral of leaves. Cute. It's amazing. Um, where where on the plant do the vanilla pod? Do you call them pods? Yeah, they're pods. Really, they're giant capsules. Okay. So they, uh, they, a pod and a capsule, for all intents and purposes, a capsule is a proper name. A pod is a common name is kind of the best way to put it. Oh, I see. Okay. So a capsule, in this case, it is one big, long, basically hollow tube that's filled to the brim with thousands and thousands of these microscopic seeds. Mm. Then 
as it kind of like splits open or an animal comes and eats it or something, then those kind of all disperse. Okay. So I think uh, that it is not necessarily animal dispersed all the time. I think some of them might be. The ones that we know and grow or know and love, they grow way too long and are now harvested and pollinated and completely done by humans almost entirely. If not in the wild, they're done by bees. They're pollinated by bees. Okay. Is at least that's what people think. But apparently we stopped caring about wild vanilla plants and just started looking at the ones that were growing for the crop. It's one of the most expensive and time-consuming, labor-intensive processes to grow these things. Yeah. And they grow from the axles of the leaf. So a leaf pops out, and then beneath that comes out a long uh, panicle of um, little flowers, and then from those flowers becomes pods if they get pollinated. Wow, okay. And they are self-fertile. So one pollinate or one flower can pollinate itself, but... It doesn't happen just by accident. Something has to connect them. Mm. So you can't just uh, you can't just just have a tree be like or have one of the vines be like, yeah, okay, I'm good. It has to have something visit it and actually do the pollination. Interesting. Whether that's a human or whether it's a thing. The flowers though open up in the morning and close later in the afternoon, like the magnolia. Exactly. So you can't just like do it really. You can't just be like, oh, no, I'll, I'll get to it. Wow. You got to come out there that day get that leaf or get that flower pollinated and then do the same thing to the next flower the next day and Shit, the next this, flower the next day. This thing is so high maintenance, Casey. Oh my God, but isn't it? But it's also a genius of its art. I know. It's like, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating hmm. because it is, it's, it is so... High maintenance is the perfect term. Yeah. I can't even think of a better one. There you go. And then, of course, you eat it, and you're like, this is the most delicious thing I've ever had. And so then you're like, oh, the maintenance was worth it. Before we move on to cranberries, I want to note a couple things about the vanilla. Please. Um, when I said there was some sort of preserving process, yeah. what I meant and what I just confirmed on Wikipedia is there's a curing process. Ah. You have to cure the pods. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they're not like little crunchy beans. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, they become these little shriveled black pasty looking things. <laughs> and speaking of paste, mm. I, I, it makes sense to me that the seeds are so small because when you open a pod, yeah. you scrape out the seeds... It's like, it is a paste. Yeah. They're so small that they just become like mush. They're just all together. You can't even tell them apart. And now I wonder, you know, when you're, when you're eating something with real vanilla in it. Yeah. Real vanilla bean. Uh-huh. Not extract. And you see like a little flecks of black. Yeah. I wonder if those are individual seeds. Ooh. Because they're, they sound so small that you maybe wouldn't even be able to, see, they would just be like, they would make something gray. You yeah. know, like. They would just be so... Exactly. Uh, you couldn't tell the individuality of right. them. Right. So I wonder if that's just like a little a little chip of of the paste, yeah. you know? Like I, little, I kind of thought it was a little chip of the outer bean itself, because the beans and the seeds are used in the flavoring. Oh, that's right. So I'd imagine like you take it and you grind it up to the tiniest little specks, and you throw those into your ice cream, you let that stir up and get smeared in, and then all of a sudden you got those little specks in there. Is, and I wonder if that's the difference, you know, speaking of flavorings, mm -hmm. there's like, if you go get ice cream, yeah, there's like vanilla okay. ice cream. There's also vanilla bean ice yes. cream. Yes, so that's, I, I think you're onto something. It's like the French vanilla version, yes. right? There's French vanilla, there's vanilla, and there's vanilla bean. Yeah. This is this has bothered me for years, for real. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we're touching on this. But you're the one who has to tell us what's the difference. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Okay, you figure it out. We'll uh, we um, might have to come back to this some other time. Yeah. Well, I also want to note that the the main active ingredients yeah. in vanilla are vanillin, 
mm-hmm. which is an organic mm-hmm. compound, mm-hmm. of course, with the molecular formula C8H8O3. Uh, yeah, that seems pretty obvious. Uh, there's yeah. a couple different hydro whatevers. And then vanillic acid. I love what that sounds like. <laughs> That was bad timing. Sorry, Casey yeah, was sorry. getting something out of his <laughs> yeah, bag. I was reaching for my water bottle, and then uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to do that. Well, sorry. Casey, three fingers. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> uh, let's let's move on to cranberry, eh? Not before I say that I'm giving this a ten out of ten golden poems of honor. Oh, sure. I love vanilla. Yeah, I love orchids. I think they're beautiful. I love that this one grows the way it grows. I, I, it's of all the flavors, if I have to give one a 10 out of 10, yeah. which I don't, to be very clear, I would give it to this one. Okay. I truly, truly love them. I, I think that's a great score. Very fair. Very well earned. I'm going to give it a nine. A nine? Yeah, of course. All right. So hold no. on. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, Casey. Let's move on to cranberries. Okay. I learned something about cranberries recently that we wanted to bring up. I would like you to share that right off the bat. Okay. So cranberries grow in a bog. I don't know if it's like, uh, if it's like, um, you know, geographically considered a bog okay yeah but I, it's maybe it's a maybe it's an artificial bog like a man-made bog i yeah i think it's a little bit of both okay you know like i think now that we grow them in commercial means they are art it's an artificial bog okay but historically it would have been you walk into a bog there's cranberries sure okay um so they grow they grow in this, this bog which yeah. is like a very watery almost like i, I want i don't know i guess i don't know the difference between a bog and a swamp but i sort of put them in the same genre of geographical yeah, things i think they are for sure okay. the way that i usually conceptualize it is a swamp you can kind of see the water and there's like standing water whether or not there's stuff growing on top of the water uh-huh. like algae and you know things like that yeah but you can you can kind of see it Whereas with a bog, you can't quite see the water. Because it's covered in... Like smag, sphagnum moss or something like that. It's a really hard word to say. Sphagnum moss. Ooh. Sphagnum. S-P... Yeah, I don't even want to describe it. Yeah, let's not. Um, yeah, okay, so that's okay. how I would see it. Like you, Shit, but if you better you, be careful hiking around a bog. Yeah, because then if you step into it, all of a sudden you're like... Quack, and you're like, oh, dang it. But like it's... The water would then become very clear and it would like push onto your leg but it'd be almost like you're stepping into something and pushing it down wow yeah uh so you grow you grow these things in a bog in order to harvest the cranberries they flood the bog just so funny ton of water of course the cranberries float to the top yeah and everything else sinks there's one thing that loves living in the bog, Casey. I'm sure there are many things, but there's one specific thing that loves living in this bog. Yeah. That's wolf spiders. Mm-hmm. Now, don't be deterred. Mm-hmm. Wolf spiders are, they're they're not wolf-like. Yeah, they're very, you know. These tiny little tiny. delicate spiders. Yeah. But they are spiders nonetheless, and not everybody loves spiders. Yeah. In the same way that everybody loves golden retrievers. too. I love spiders and golden retrievers. I can't believe you love spiders. I didn't well, know this about this is you. It's fair. I'm sorry. Would you keep a spider as a pet? I have many times. Yeah. Really? But like not a big spider, like a tarantula or something. Yeah. I've actually kept, um, like I would go around and catch spiders in my, around my yard and then I would put them in a jar and I would feed them in the jar. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Alice is freaking out. Nice. Get in the willies. I got the willies. <laughs> So these wolf spiders, suddenly their habitats flooded with water. Yeah. 
Instinct tells them to climb upwards. However, there are no trees in this bog, as there, there, no as there might be in a forest. Yeah. So what they have to climb up the tallest thing to get out of the water. And the tallest thing in the bog are the bogs people, <laughs> the cranberry harvesters who go out there by hand and c- harvest these cranberries. Yeah. So if you think it's like a fun date idea to go to a cranberry bog and walk around in, in a flooded bog harvesting cranberries you're gonna be covered in spiders which is terrifying isn't it and i think uh, from what i've read it's not like oh i found a little spider on my shoulder flick oh there's one on my chest whoops it's like hundreds they hundreds they get into your clothes oh yeah they're in your eyeballs and you're like scraping them away oh that just sounds horrible like it really sounds horrible and i i i cannot believe that it it hasn't been (laughs) completely like Olive-ified, Ugh, you know, like yeah. w- remember, remember that giant olive harvesting the machine, Colossus. the Colossus. Yeah, why is there no cranberry Colossus? Yeah, you know? right. That's a good question. I know. I mean, I guess they they probably have like booms and things that like pull it in, but I think it's just the nature of it. Yeah, the spiders will just kind of float up to the top, and the bogs are so huge the pro- where like where they grow them that they can't just be like oh bloop, 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 and be gone. Right, you know. So I think that it's definitely something that the the poor spiders are like also be like wow what is going on for sure yeah. where is this why isn't this water going away it's a big disruption and then they use these big from what I've seen I, I really want to learn more about this I don't know why I'm so interested in it but from what I've seen they have these almost I'm gonna call them like trampoline sized colanders yeah like yeah. shallow co- like in cooking terms it's like a sp- ironically you use a spider to um, take, like, stuff out of a deep fryer, right? That is ironic. I didn't Uh, know that. It's like a shallow little handheld colander. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, So they push this giant trampoline-sized colander around to uh, grab the cranberries, and then any water floods out the bottom. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. so you're gonna get some spiders. <laughs> you're gonna get a little, a couple spiders. I wonder if they wash them or like, sh- you know, spray them off or something. I want to say they do, but yeah. I've, I've only what I've learned about cranberries. I learned from TikTok. So there's <laughs> there is information there, but there's also like a lack of information there. Yeah. yeah. So and there's also misinformation there, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. So well, maybe some some sources say they just grind up if they're making like. You know, if they're grinding up cranberries for cranberry preserves or whatever, they'll just grind up the spiders with the cranberries. Yeah, and you might as well. What's the? Who cares? As I, long as as I long as you so. can't tell the dip, like as long as you're not going to see like spider legs popping out of your jam. Uh, yeah, I guess that just gross. seems like grossly negligent and and cruel. You know, there are actually like the the USDA who, which is what I think we were thinking of earlier. USDA. That's the, right. The USDA has um, a. Like they're for certain things, they have thresholds of how much bug matter can be in something before you have to essentially say this is un like this is too much. I don't even know if they say it's unsafe. It's just not enough of a purity factor yeah. to where you can't really like they had to define what is cranberry sauce. Sure. And they're like, well, there's spiders in here sometimes. Yeah. Is spiders included in the definition of cranberry sauce? And the USDA rolls their eyes and like, okay, yes, up to seven parts per million spider right. is considered <laughs> technically cranberry sauce. Oh, that's so wild. I also want to take this opportunity to recognize our our Western-centric viewpoint here. Yeah. In many cultures that aren't America, bugs are 
frequently eaten and accepted as oh, a normal yeah. part of your cuisine. Most definitely. It's, um, uh, it's very common. But we, it's just not something we were raised to, to do. So, yeah. of course, we're going to have a bit of an issue with it. It's very, it's very like, uh, it's an interesting thing that us humans have done. Yeah. And it really goes to show you, like, how culture affects things. Like, mm. what is right, what is wrong. Sure. It's just culture, baby. Not that it's morally wrong to eat a bug, which is, no. like, distasteful. To exactly. Us, yeah, yeah. Or, like, um, I, I'm reading a book, and they touched on... Um, what aborigines in australia and they're like oh they're starving like they must be starving on this deserted oh, near no, desert no. area and they're just like eating bugs it's like they must be on the brink of starvation oh because they're eating bugs yeah they, and, mu- they and must be on their last leg exactly and then when they look around these you know the new colonists come over it's like a desolate dry landscape right yet the aborigines who are, have lived there for fifty thousand years or more are like yeah no there's food everywhere yeah there's some right there they're literally crawling in the ground right and so i love that because just the the differences in perspective from the cultural kind of side of that yeah i I heard an interesting kind of sub fact yeah that the reason you know we love crunchy stuff Uh uh-huh humans in general we love chips and pretzels and popcorn uh evolutionarily the reason we love those foods is because they remind our primitive brain uh, of like a salty of fatty like a, little bug yeah huh. a little grasshopper or a little beetle or something i never heard that that's yeah. a i love that fact so anytime you're eating S- chips, uh, sub fact i guess it's a sub fact i love the also the term sub fact i use sub facts <laughs> all the time alex <laughs> i just came up with it <laughs> yeah i didn't know anyone knew that great uh, work <laughs> well should we talk about the botanical cranberry case yeah let's get into it so right. so the in there's, there's there's a couple different things and i i so i have one of my favorite books here uh, which is uh, your copy of Plants of the Pacific Northwest Coast, Washington, Oregon, British Columbia, and Alaska That's by right. Poe Jar and McKinnon, or if you are speaking Spanish, Pohar and McKibben. My old, uh, an old uh, girlfriend used to always just call it Pohar and McKibben, and I love that. So I just, <laughs> I've always done it, but then when I read it, my brain immediately thinks Pojar, but then I also, as soon as I say Pojar, remember that I prefer to call it Pohar. Pohar. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if that's uh, negative or bad. Anyway, so there are a bunch of different berries that we collectively call huckleberries. Okay. Here in the Pacific Northwest, those are all in the the genus Vaccinium. 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 Now, Vaccinium is the same genus as blueberries. If I recall, you're anti-Vaccinium. Oh yeah, I'm an anti-Vacciniumer. Yeah, hundred percent. Don't ever, don't get them anywhere near me. <sighs> Sorry. That was a good one. That was a good one. I couldn't help myself. I well then I yeah I actually have to take that back. I am so pro vaccinium. Oh yeah, it's obscene. Like I will go out and just pick berries for hours. You're a fiend. They're so good. I have a very I have a very sweet memory of uh, you and I went to a friend a, a common friend's bachelor party. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And I was extremely out of shape and I couldn't do the hike that they were all doing. <laughs> and we stayed back and we picked berries together. Yeah, that's right. It I was a, that. such a nice moment, Casey. It was a really nice moment. We got to really, talk. Uh, I got to wet your appetite for what we're doing right that's now. That's right. <laughs> you're you're a good friend that day and every day. Oh shucks, thanks. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> well, Alex. Uh, there is uh, blackberries, uh, I'm sorry, black huckleberries, blueberries, red huckleberries, evergreen huckleberries, all the different kinds of huckleberries. Wow. They're also blueberries. So blueberries, huckleberries, cranberries. 
all the same genus. Wow. At least. Genus, really? Yes. Yeah. At least I thought so. And when I read one thing, uh, for instance, the, the Cranberry Wikipedia page yeah. uh, immediately says that the, it's in the subgenus Oxycoccus of the genus Vaccinium, which means it's in Vaccinium, but it's in kind of, they've broken it down to say, okay, it's not quite good enough to be its own <laughs> genus. Good so we're going to push it just to the subfamily, which isn't a real thing. Like it's just kind of like another small box to put some things in to separate them from other things. Interesting. But then again, all taxonomy is really just these kind of artificial things. Like yeah. It's all fake. It's like a fake promotion. Exactly. Oh, you're yeah. now a part of this sub. Welcome. Wow. It's like, you get what, your own genus. What changed? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. So it is. So in uh, the revised uh, Pohar and McKibben, it is named. Uh, we have our, our own species. It's called the bog cranberry. Yeah. Called Oxycoccus oxycoccus. Just oxycoccus oxycoccus yeah, it is the it is the oxycoccus of oxycoccus but Funny. it's also known as vaccinium oxycoccus or vaccinium microcarpum so there's a lot of different names to it. i think there's four names that they go on to here wow scientific names too. yeah usually so it's like they, they have decide. five or six common names yes but one scientific name yes this is the same species but several scientific names exactly but that's that's the thing is that there's also one that is grown in north america that's called vaccinium macrocarpum so it's just mm. like i can't tell which is which because it is so so unclear hey settle a bet case yeah what do we got is a blueberry a poem no. Can you see why I think it might might have oh, been? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's one. It's so poem-like. It is. It is. But the big difference is the poem it is actually the receptacle. It's the base of the flower uh -huh. that then becomes big and fleshy. Not the actual fruit. Not the actual fruit. So the blueberry is actually more specifically a berry because the ovary still itself is what becomes the fruit. Wait, so an apple's not a fruit? No, it is a fruit. It's just a, it's a poem style fruit where the ovary is actually the, the core of the apple. Oh, that's right. And then everything on the outside is the base of it. So the, the ovary kind of sinks down while the rest of it grows up. And then it becomes the, the stem tissue is the fleshy, delicious part. Whereas the uh, in a berry or any other kind of um, uh, other fruit that uh -huh. is not specifically a poem, the ovary itself is the thing that gets big and fleshy, okay. not something around it. I gotcha, I gotcha. But, yeah. but I, I, for all intents and purposes, it might as well be a poem. It's got those little, those little, you know. The little spiky yeah, top, totally, just like the bottom has, of an apple or a pear. It has exactly that. Yeah. It has um, that that string of seeds in the middle. Yes. Which I and guess but, most fruit do. Well, but they're kind of like all kind of throughout. That's true. You As I was I mean? saying that, I was like, that's not really true. Yeah. Anyway. So this is the, uh, um, they generally, the fruit develops from an inferior ovary. Um, so the uh, four or five petaled berry is what that becomes. So it Pebble does a, it does something that's very, very specific. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, very, 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 very close to a poem where it keeps those little petals or the sepals yeah. just the same way. So those are the little sepals, the same as the little sepals on the bottom of an apple or a pear. 
The big difference is you don't have the stem tissue get bigger. This, it remains that the the sepals are still connected to the ovary. The ovary then goes and gets okay. a little bit bigger. There you have it. So back to cranberries. Back to cranberries. Cranberries are botanically what now? There are two different They're species. They're a berry. Yes, they okay. are a botanically a berry. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it's we in have, the name, Casey. It's in the name, but so is strawberry. That's true. Let's not even get into that. So there's that Vaccinium oxycoccus in uh, North America, Vaccinium macrocarpum. What are you saying over there, Alex? <laughs> My headphones I'm, are too quiet. I'm naming berries that aren't berries. Oh, you are? Okay. I couldn't hear either of them. Some raspberry and uh, blackberry. Yeah, well, that's very true. God, uh, I love them, though. They're, they taste so good. Oh, I'm fine perfect. with it. The perfect food. And honestly, if we go back to folk taxonomy, baby, they're all berries. I'm going to call even uh, everything's a berry. True that, my man. So, peace be with it. And nuts. So, in my right now, we have two different things. You have the ones that are grown in Europe, your Vaccinium oxycoccus, and then you have ones over here, Vaccinium micro, macrocarpum. Okay. So, one thing I'm going to check right now, which I didn't check before, and I feel silly because of it. Do, 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 Casey's do, do, referring do. to po- yes. Pohar and McKibben. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, whoops, wrong one, wrong one. By we'll the way, if you back. want a copy of po- of this of this book we're referencing right now, it's on our books page on our website, arbitrarypod.com slash books. Yep. There you can find an Amazon link, and we get a little bit of a kickback. If you're anti-Amazon, like as you probably should be, uh, feel free to just call your local bookstore and ask if they have this book. Yes. It's a great book. I actually, the last time I went favorites. to the coast, I brought it with me and I went on a little trail walk and I tried to identify some of the plants I saw. Yeah, that's such a good move. It's I, like, it's really fun to kind of interact like that, right? Yeah, I wasn't that successful. I found uh, a couple, yeah. but I, I kind of already knew what they were. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's hard to recognize something that you don't recognize, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, there's another one here, Alex, the linden, lingonberry uh, oh, yeah. or mountain cranberry, Vaccinium vitis idea. Oh, a lingonberry idea. is a cranberry. Yeah, yeah. So when thing. you go to when you go to like a Swedish, or re- I was going to say a Swedish restaurant, but I, I really just mean IKEA. <laughs> and they have lingonberry jam. I like that- referring to IKEA as a Swedish restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Swedish restaurant, IKEA. Um, they have lingonberry jam. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. cranberry sauce, mm-hmm. essentially. Essentially, And it, it tastes is. just like cranberry sauce. Yeah, and now it's probably a different species from over in Europe as well, because there's lots of different species of vaccinium. So it, it very, it's very likely that there's just a lot of different things that we call a lot of different things. Yeah. Well, in there fact, you have it. I'm not even sure how many we have. Like, it doesn't say anywhere that I've seen. <laughs> well, it's got to be many, I guess, then. There are several. We're, we're to the point where we're just, like, hanging out and we're recording it. Have, yeah, do you t- feel yeah, that? I do, but I'm, uh, yeah, we're, we're still talking about something that's delicious. <laughs> it's just not very episode-like, which is uh, fine. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. We got a specific compliment during the Arbitrary Plus live stream that one of our, one of our listeners, I forget their name, I'm so sorry, but you know who you are, said that they really liked the um, sort of, like, colloquialness yeah it might have been reza who said that i don't think it was oh shoot but shout out to reza shout out um uh, uh, yeah uh, of those episodes and of these episodes where it's Excellent. more like we just hit record and it's you and i chatting and we're just chatting with you guys whereas yeah. our mainline episodes are a little more highly produced and edited yeah exactly. to be a specific thing yeah it's like watching behind be the scenes content precisely and that's what you get when you hang out with us yeah well alex the we can get back to it let me talk a little bit about what this plant looks like 
Oh, okay. So we have cranberries. Big thing with cranberries, vaccinium, all the rest. They are very small berries. Most of the time, maybe a half inch is a big one if it's half inch in diameter. Yeah. And they are these adorable little red berries. They grow at the base of these um, these little kind of tiny trailing vine-like plants. Mm where they come they sometimes will send up little shoots that have like little flowers on them or or little tiny things that are like little leaves little flowers but generally speaking the flowers will be kind of lower down and they'll be more like they want ants to go find them and mm-hmm. like you know insects and things that are going to be able to pollinate them from the ground and they don't grow very big they do not tend to get large so a huckleberry is a big shrub in vaccinium high bush blueberry another one Mm. whereas cranberries tend to be really low red tiny little plants that are very diminutive they don't like to get big in terms of uh height okay and they They they, found their place they did they found their niche and they're just crushing it love it and they're generally i think most of the time they are there's some it's going to be half and half where you get some species and varieties that are evergreen some that are not evergreen the big question that i have with how they're cultivated is when they flood these these things where these used to all be cranberries would grow in a swamp that's this how they would grow yeah so they ended up planting them in places where they could artificially make a swamp, essentially, and then flood it up to maybe two or three feet, Mm -hmm. and then all the berries float. The question that I have is, why do the berries, how do, do they just like pop off? Right. Like, why are they all floating? Do they go through and kind of like rustle them, or like, do they take this colander thing and like, with blueberries, they have these kind of uh, claw-looking things that like let the branches go yeah. through the tines, but will knock the berries off. Yeah. So I wonder if there's something wow. that's that's similar to that because I just I can't find anything that explains exactly other than the fact that they kind of grow in these swampy things. So they want to flood them to get the 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 plant to kind of be like, oh sweet, I'm flooded because I grow in a flooded area. Then they take that down again, and then the vines kind of pop back and are you know living in their best habitat. Or, but like, what does that have to do with actually like maybe the berries themselves naturally float up to the top when when the rest of the vine gets flooded? Maybe it's then the berries are like, hey, it's time to let go, and they pop off, and then an animal will come and eat them, and then they they're good to go. Should we? Should we um should we link to like a a cranberry harvesting process video? Yeah, I think so. With, with this yeah. episode, because I believe that they're still on the vine when they're floating. Okay, gotcha. And then they will take that colander and kind of pull them off. I reckon so. Okay. Yeah. Well, we we didn't do enough research on that. I was trying to like think about that, and I never like my brain just kind of was like, wait, what? And so I didn't like in the research before we we did this little little talk. I mm-hmm. didn't actually like think to go down that rabbit hole to figure out exactly what that whole process is and yeah. why that would that would just be like very interesting i, I kind of took that fact for granted i was right? like oh yeah they pl-. but Me you too. bring up a good point it's like well there's like a plot hole like well how did they they're yeah. still attached to the they Are grow they? on a plant right yeah so um, it's a it's a weird it's a weird little thing and i don't quite understand it well there you go now alex i have to say I don't like cranberries. Let's get into our review. I don't I don't know if I like cranberries. Okay. 
usually whenever I see a vaccinium plant, a huckleberry, it's at this level. I'm, I know where it's at. I can walk over and I'm like, boom, there's some blueberries. There's some blue huckleberries. There's some black huckleberries. There's some red. Evergreen. Okay, let's eat them. I go crazy. However, it's very challenging for me to find because they're, they're very low plants, our native ones. Sure. And I don't really go I'm like, oh, I'm going to go like down here and find all these little Lingden berries and find all these little like tiny cranberries. You're always looking up because of your optimism. Oh, thank you, Alex. That's exactly right. I would find cranberries because I'm a bit of a moper. <laughs> He's like, That's actually my favorite thing because I find them all, all over the time, <laughs> all over the place. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever like gotten down and been like, oh, there's a cranberry. Because right. it also takes a little bit to when you find a berry that doesn't look exactly like all the rest of the berries. I want to make sure before I snag it and eat it that it's going to, I know what I'm looking at. Sure. And I've just never quite done the work. However, I have had them served in a jelly out of a can. Yeah. Can shaped jelly. And I hated that. Wow. Like it just was so unappealing to me. Was it the texture th- for you? I, I, I think so. I think it was the taste it, for sure, but I haven't had them for years. Like when I was younger, it would be served at like, you know, your, your Christmas dinners and your Thanksgivings and yeah. things. And at one point I was just like, I'm not going to eat that. When mm. I learned to serve myself, they were omitted from my plate. I see. So I still to this day don't ever eat them because I'm like, all right, this just, it's not tasty to me Mm -hmm. and even if it was tasty then it would go to the texture and the processness of it where i'm like i'm eat you're saying that that this is a cranberry now i know what a cranberry is and what it looks like (laughs) that is a literal can shaped jelly like gelatin pile i got you i don't think that's it just doesn't now that I, i i have more information i'm i'm even less inclined but if you gave me a, a bowl of little round berry things that I could clearly see were picked uh-huh. from something and have not been processed, I would eat those. You would not want to eat those. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Tell me. What, what am I missing? Cranberries are monumentally tart, Casey. What? Which is why you have to add a shit ton of sugar to them to, <laughs> for them to be edible. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Very, very tart. Why the hell do we eat them? Uh, because once you add a, some sugar to them, they're delicious, and but, they have just a, a slight tart tinge. I guess maybe it's because they also are like a fall thing. Like they, all the rest of the uh, the berry things, the huckleberries, right? They're usually good and ready to go like mid late summer. Yeah, yeah. Mm, so this is like the late berry that we can actually harvest, right? Late in the season, and. Uh, that's why we, that maybe that's why it's has such a foothold in our in our cultural holiday in this time food. of yeah. year i see it's a, oh my god alex this has been such a good episode for me i've learned so much from you there you go specifically this episode how about that i had no idea it they does were so happen tart. every once in a while it sure does you guys it sure does <laughs> yeah I, I i learned this the hard way because i bought a bag of frozen cranberries for a i was making cranberry sauce uh-huh um from scratch gotcha which i think you would like maybe that sounds lovely um and i popped one in my mouth and it like blew my head off. It was so tart. Really? Yeah. Wow. But once you mix it with sugar, uh, this particular recipe, um, the sugar was supplied by orange juice. Mm, okay. Um, it was very, so very orange, delicious. Cran orange. Orange cranberry. Yeah. I see. Okay. It was like a manifestation of orange cr- cran orange. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Shoot. All right. Yeah. Well, then in that case, that this the whole it changes my entire perspective. Although I can't change it too much because it's still just there. I think they're sure. adorable little plants, and I think they're really cute. Although, like, <laughs> they're just like they're not they're not great. So, we, what off the top of your head, your poem score? Honestly, I was going like five point nine. That's fine. Yeah. So both these are all low scores. I feel like it's it's a poopy shit, poopy shit. The most perfect thing in the world. That's what we've talked about today. I see. Yeah. Uh, vanilla being the most perfect thing in the world. Yes, and all the others being poopy shit. Well, that's your opinion. Thank you, Alex. Your it poems is my, are It is my poem. What about you? Uh, I like cranberries a lot. I think there's sort of like, there's some, there's some like, and we've seen it today, folks, this misguided hate. Misguided hate. <laughs> because, but I also think it's warranted because so many of us know cranberry as that that gelatinous yeah. tube of yeah. of cranberry sauce, which oh. I have to say, I like also. I yeah. like oh I like God. real bougie homemade cranberry sauce. Yeah. Which by the way is not that bougie. It's like it's like homemade jam or something. Yeah. It's, it's very okay. it's very easy to make and it's not fancy necessarily <laughs> just because it yeah. doesn't come from a can. It has a bunch of gelatin in it. Okay. But I also appreciate a nice slice of canned cranberry sauce. Huh. Why not? I, I like all sorts of uh, tricks, man. Yeah. So, so did you, what was your score? Uh, cranberries, like a like a seven. Seven. Yeah. Oh my god. So you got seven, seven and a half, and nine. Yeah. Ah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So your your way. This is always how it is, though, with the food things. I am. Where, yeah, yeah. I'm like, eh, eh, whatever. And you're like, that's that's it. <laughs> this is the, this is the whole reason d'être. <laughs> That was my worst French what is I've it? ever had. Uh, reason d'être. D'être? Yeah, it means reason to be. You know, it's like oh. raison d'être. Like, what is your raison d'être? What okay. is your, what's your reason to be? What's your, oh. what is your, your meaning? Raison you know? d'être. De, yeah, not yeah. d'être. No, d apostrophe E-T-R-E. D'être. Yeah, it's a reason of to be. Is basically what it is. What is your reason of to be? Yeah. What is your reason of to be? That's when a cop pulls you over. Excuse me, sir. What is your reason of to be? <laughs> what is your uh, reason of to be? Was I speeding? Uh, officer, are you drunk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, French. Uh, well, Casey, that was our non-tree food tree foods. Yes, that felt good. I'm happy we got to do that again. I really liked this. It really feels to me like it's a uh, a no frills. Whenever whenever we get the trees. I take it very seriously. Of course, I have, I have to think about it. I have to. I have to be. I have to be the the arbiter of the most essential information about this tree. Yes. And then when we can talk about a non-tree tree, then I'm like, hey man, yeah. let's all just take it real easy. Let's just chat. Whatever. There's no. Yeah. There's no wrong answer here. This is this is plant Casey. <laughs> yeah, not tree Casey. Yeah, I know the trees are plants. Yes, but it's 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 a larger it's a larger sphere. I'm so using it, I'm using fair. it colloquially in the yeah. same way that we call all berries berries. Exactly, I appreciate this. Um, well, folks, happy happy New Year! We're so glad that you are uh, subscribed to us here on Patreon. We're we're ever grateful, and uh, here's to another year of of tree trees and other related topics case how about that that's exactly right, Alex. Now, before we go, just one last fact. I uh, just put things in perspective about the orchid. Okay. Uh, Good. Yes. There are. This is c- classic Casey Clyde, by the way. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We're sorry. we're done. We're stepping over the finish line, and from the corner of the room. Hey, wait! One more thing. One more thing. Uh, this is when you have to start pointing the music up really quietly. <laughs> we're so playing that, you yeah, off. Exactly. 
they're uh, this is I just need this perspective okay. out there. Orchid perspective. Orchid perspective. Yep. Uh, in the orchid family, it's twenty eight thousand species. Yes. Uh, and uh, well, what did I say? There's like uh, seven hundred um, sixty some. Yeah, seven hundred sixty 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 three. Seven hundred sixty three. Okay. That is just about 130 more genus in that whole family mm-hmm. than there are species of all the conifers <laughs> in the entire world. Wow. Yeah. So You uh, know what? It was worth it. Thank you. I'm glad what you a, thought so. What a fun fact. What is that? Is that milk plane? I can't. <laughs> no, <Is> that, <laughs> we don't use that for a Dang Patreon it. I, I should have known, but I, I couldn't remember the name of what, what we I did. can't either. Anyway, Alex, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Casey, and to you, Happy New Year, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Completely Arboretum. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 